0: yoga teachers, mindfulness leaders, and energy workers. Are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? Welcome to the Marketing Off The Mat Podcast. Each week, your host, Jessica Cross, dives into conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take your business from A to B and have some fun along the way. Grab some tea and pull up a seat. Let's dive into this episode.
1: back to the show. It's Jess, and I'm so glad you're here for another episode of Marketing Off the Mat. You're in for a treat because we have the incredible Jules Mitchell on the show today, and we have so much fun talking about the pitfalls of marketing our online business. So Jules is a Las Vegas-based yoga educator. Her book, Yoga Biomechanics, Stretching Redefined examines teaching yoga among the most current research in exercise science and applications of pain science. All of her continuing education programs from webinars to weekend workshops help teachers develop their craft and empower them with knowledge. Jules also runs a popular 300-hour yoga teacher training and a comprehensive mentoring program to support teachers in both education and business. You are going to absolutely love Jules. She tells it like it is, which you know we always appreciate here on the show. So let's dive in. Hey, Jules. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you for being here. I just, I knew when um, we connected online that and you'd be such a perfect person to have on the show. So thank you for your time and all of your expertise that you're going to share with us today. Absolutely. So we heard a little bit about you in the intro, but I would love it if you could tell us uh, some more about you. And because uh, I know it goes beyond the tip of the iceberg that we shared um, in the beginning. So tell us a little bit about you and your career journey and how it brought you to today.
2: Um, well my career journey started with me leading workshops in person (laughs) uh, on topics that were very interesting to me, you know, mostly like stretching and safety and yoga and biomechanics and that kind of stuff. And uh, it turns out lots of people were also interested in those topics. And, And so I just started getting requests to come to studios to teach that content. I had like started by kind of hosting my own, like I'd rent a facility in in my area and host it. Um, And so I just, the more I agreed to come to studios, the more studios invited me and it just kind of took off that way. Um, Before that, I had actually taught anatomy workshops and teacher training programs for two different companies. and so I had like a ex- lot of experience doing weekend courses, you know, time management, like all of that. Um, and, and it just kind of filtered into my own. Then I started teaching my own content. So I was prepared for that. And I think it kind of set the foundation for how I wanted my business to look. And that was how I wanted my business to look. I wanted it to be, you know, traveling the world and teaching. And that's what I was doing. I was, I was everywhere and I loved it. My nervous system was shot, <laughs> but I loved it. And then while I was doing that, I, I always, I've always liked technology. So I kind of, as a side hustle did some webinars. And so I took like my original uh, science of stretching webinar. That was like my kind of flagship, you know, workshop. And I, I put that online as a webinar and out. I mean, I remember using Zoom for the first time when it was like not even a thing, you know, because I tested out like every time I'd offer it, I'd try a different webinar software to see which one I liked. And so, you know, we're all just kind of getting used to online stuff. So that was a big part of the journey. So when the pandemic happened, I did already have it like a small online presence, it was kind of my side hustle, but the infrastructure was there. You know, I had experience in in leading webinars. I hadn't done like a full weekend course, but I was doing my book club. So I had experience with time zones and recordings and all that. Uh, So it made it a little bit easier for me to pivot, I think, than for a lot of teachers, because I just had to take what I had and then, you know, explode it a hundred times. And so now I'm trying to get back to (laughs) in-person, but it's slow and... um, online will never go away now. So it's, I'm just navigating.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, man, I, I totally, I totally agree. I feel like once we have made this massive shift that we have where things are online or hybrid, in most cases, it's really hard to take that back once it's already out there.
2: For me, it's not even, so I don't do hybrid things because it's usually just me. I'm not traveling with all my equipment and all that stuff. Like, I mean, it's either in person or online. But for me, it's more that the the online business comes with actually a lot more um, time requirements on my end and financial requirements on my end. Like I've I've increased the level of software that I use. You know, everything is paid. Um, I've migrated to larger platforms. So I can't just walk away from that because I have to pay for it every month, whether I'm running an online business or not. And that's what's different with in-person. Is the expenses are directly related to the course, and if, if the course doesn't happen, there are no expenses. You know that kind of stuff versus um, versus online. The the expenses come every month whether you're selling stuff or not. So I I can't walk away from it. Is you know like I'm it's I'm tethered to it, and also a lot of it come like a lot of my stuff like my teacher training comes with one on ones and. And just the, like, you know, putting up the recordings, there's just a lot that goes into it that I think, you know, the average person doesn't recognize. And I'm very, like, attention to detail oriented. So everything has, like, you know, it just, it takes a lot.
1: Yeah, it (laughs) does. and up late. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like that, that's a massive amount of time and resources that are dedicated to your online business. And, um, you know, props to you for being kind of poised for for when the pandemic hit, because I know so many teachers just weren't.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was still stressful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, (laughs) I had 25 people paid in full to come to Las Vegas for a 300 hour teacher training. Um, and we had to pivot the whole thing to online and I was taking one-on-ones and people were crying and I mean it was not you know it was it, it was stressful but it I, I I don't think I was I was as jarred by the technology learning curve as many people were I mean I still did have to change a lot of things but it I'd already been using zoom you know like yeah <laughs> I'd already had a paid zoom account so it, it wasn't like what is this <laughs>
1: yeah Oh, man. And so, you know, as you were kind of saying, you were already in the mix when it came to, you know, the the online marketing, online business world of yoga. And, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about today is, you know, the challenges of marketing your yoga business online. And as we've said, since the pandemic hit, it's pretty much changed everything about business and the uh, massive portions of our business that now live online. I think there's a lot of inundation from the marketing community, the online marketing community that has kind of realized that yoga teachers might need a little help and sometimes they might take advantage of that. So um, tell us a little bit about the challenges of you know working in the online space and avoiding some of those pitfalls, because I bet you have definitely navigated some of those opinions <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> bring it on <laughs> my biggest problem with the online marketing community that's now targeting yoga teachers is that they're selling selling they're not selling yoga and so, so it's like my sister works in tech and they have this like term when they only use their own stuff called dog fooding you know like it's it's that like It's really easy for me to make a Canva template that says, put your idea here. Okay, well, that's not the hard part. The Canva template is easy. It's already done for you. All you need as a yoga teacher is someone to say, hey, there's this thing called Canva. It's a freemium product. You log in, pick a template, and change it to your font and your color. The idea, put your idea, the idea is the hard part. And so when you're being sold marketing stuff that is where the, the the content is just how to sell, it's like an empty promise, in my opinion, because that's not the hard part. Those are little I you know what? I taught myself in two days how to edit video in Adobe Premiere Pro with a YouTube video. The idea that that that, yes, that sucks. And I know not all yoga teachers are willing to do that, but that's like someone selling me like edit your video here you know but i had to make the video i had to actually come up with the video that was worth selling the editing part like so that's what i don't like about the online marketing community and there are i trust me i've hired plenty of teams to help me market and there are you know teams out there that actually help you with the idea and i think that's what yoga teachers need the most they need someone to draw out of them what they're passionate about you know, at the end of the day, you ha- you still have to write the email the email campaign. There's no way of getting around it. So when someone sells you, here's a here's a you know, here's a great email campaign. Send five emails about something you care about. Okay, well, <laughs> that doesn't help. You have to actually do the the hard work, which is figuring out what you care about. And you know you know what I'm saying. So that's kind of my my um, warning to teachers, like you know. Don't buy a marketing program that isn't going to help you with your actual content creation. Because the rest of the stuff, you can find online resources, you can find friends and colleagues to help you figure out how to edit a reel, like all that stuff. You know, the hardest part is deciding what to
1: create. Mm. Oh, you nailed it. This is so juicy. I so agree because as you said, there are a million different ways, different templates, different YouTube videos, people that can help you make what it is that you need to make. But if you don't know what it is that you want to make and put out into the world, nobody can help you. Nobody can help. Yeah. 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 Uh, So like, like, as an example,
2: I, I have like a really small mentoring program. Like, um, I don't, takes a lot of my time because I give a lot of one-on-one attention. So I don't really, you know, it's not a big program, but I've got someone in the program and, um, and, you know, she wanted to do like a welcome email, like an onboarding email, you know, so you get this like free um, breathing, sitting course. And it's like, you know, five or six, one minute videos that are totally doable, that gets dripped out, you know, that, but like, I was obviously helping her with a little bit of the you know formatting of the email and that. but really the the most of it was creating the content like that's where the help came like she needed someone to be accountable here's my idea you know I was like okay well you don't want to send them seven 15 minute videos that's too much so we we talked to you know and then like what 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 do you care about you know it was like breathe easy and pulling that kind of information out and then at the end of the day the rest of the stuff is just the tedious tech stuff that you either like, or you don't like no marketing company is going to make you better at, at, at formatting a MailChimp email. Like you either like it or you don't. And I happen to like that stuff. So it's, you know, it's fun for me to format things. And I know to test all the links and all that, but if you're impatient and don't want to send yourself a test email and test all the links, like, again, no marketing company will help you do that. You either do it or you don't, but the, the content, you know, the content's fine.
1: Yeah, that's what pe- that's what's going to keep people coming back because you know, let's say you do send this email out and maybe you didn't test the link, but the content of it was so good that people are like, "Hey, Jessica, your link was the link broken. is broken." Yeah, they'll <laughs> tell you. Yeah, I want and then it. Yeah. Your lesson. Yeah, then yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what we're after. So, how does someone you know a teacher who's listening? How does someone discern between somebody who is selling them? templates or protocols versus ha- helping them actually as you were saying in your mentorship program develop what it is that they care about or want to share in out into the world
2: um you know i don't know per se cuz to me it's just so glaringly obvious you know if you're being sold things that say put your idea here that's not like you know if you're if you're being sold like packages on you know like how to how to do this how to do that Um, you know, then, then I feel like that's, that should be a red flag. Um, You know, hire, hire people that, that understand your particular niche. So like, interestingly, um, most of the people that I hire actually know personally. um, I've hired like colleagues that are, do exactly what I do to I brought them in and, you know, paid them marketing team fees, you know, brought them to my house to do like a three day web redesign or something because they understand um, they understand the skills that are necessary and also the the tone for the audience. You know, like I have a very good friend of mine that's not in the yoga world at all. Uh, we've known each other for over twenty years. Um, and I I love him to death, but he's always telling me, oh, you need more bikini pictures on your Facebook ads, you know. And I'm like, I can't do that in this. Like, I he's like, yeah, but my attorneys they set they put pictures of islands on there as I do with law, and they get all the clicks. And I'm like, I know, but that you don't you're not understanding the industry. Um, so so I think it's really yoga is so unique, <laughs> and so it's really like getting someone that understands it and understands you and your niche um and so that you know your friends are one of your best marketing resources because it's i don't know how to say it like there you can get help with marketing and i do think that there are people that are more like good experts at marketing but if you don't have the content then the, then it doesn't matter what your marketing team is. And so sometimes I think you can get more content out of, draw more content out with your peers and your colleagues.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's, you nailed so many points and the bikini pictures is just making me laugh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I
2: mean, he's not wrong. It's just not my niche and it's not what I want to portray. So, you know,
1: like not doing it. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. And I think that's, um, you know, I see a little bit of a tangent, but I see some of that out there, which it, and it does work if that's what you're going for, sure. Like more power to you, absolutely no judgment for sure. But like I see that a lot when I just see really pretty asana awesome photos mm-hmm. in in yoga and on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. I'm like, what? What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> I want more. Mm-hmm. So it's like you were saying, spending time with people who get you and get yeah. yoga. Or your energy healing practice, whatever it is, to help you really hone in on what it is that you're trying to share.
2: And yes, and I like I said, I understand the bikini pictures, and I actually understand the pretty asana pictures, uh, but that's not my market. That's the problem. It's not like I'm. It's if if I draw that population in who's like impressed by asana in the very beginning, and then they get biomechanics education, like there, it doesn't. You know, so so yeah, the clicks might be there but the, but the customer satisfaction isn't going to be there. And I don't have time to manage that because, you know, like that's the type of stuff that would keep me up at night. You know, like, I like, so I, so that's where I'm saying like the, the niche and, and the, and the content, and you know, and obviously if you have a like super general population um, product, then that's a different conversation. You know, that's not, for me to advise because that's not my, it's not my world. Uh, I'm definitely very niche. And so I think this is a conversation for, for people who have a niche business.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I, and I like, I like that. And, you know, to, to add to it too, I think I say a lot to my clients and, and, you know, peers in the industry that niching down is a good idea in yoga. Yeah. I mean, of course there are businesses where it is definitely said, as you said, more general and a wider, lens or a wider mm-hmm. net um but just having that differentiating point or the you know unique selling point or however you want to describe it is really what's going to set you apart
2: especially for you know solopreneurs, small businesses um yes. you know the 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 general population type stuff is really hard to do without a massive team and so if you're not if that's not something that you're ready to take on or you know can afford to take on, (laughs) then niching down really helps keep you focused, Um, kind of keeps the noise out, you know? And then like, again, even within my mentoring program, like, you know, I, one woman is, is currently building a course and it's like, she's still studying. So she's getting all this information. And I'm like, but, but you can't add that to the course because now all of a sudden the course you've lost the entire scope of what you're trying to say. You've got to build a story. And so that's where I think the niching down gives you focus and it helps you kind of eliminate the noise.
1: Yeah. That's so smart too. I think we get excited when we're going through a new program or course and you're like, Oh, I should add this and this. And then as you're saying, it just gets wider and wider. Yeah. We we start to lose focus and then it's hard to market. After and, yeah. You-
2: well, and then it's also, so A, it's hard to market. And then B it there's, like a lack of customer satisfaction because they're confused. And I know this only because I did it. Like that was my very, my very, my science of stretching webinar that's now three hours started out as six hours. Do you know what I mean? Like I've shaved it down into three hours over, I've been teaching it now twice a year for like, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, 10 years. I don't even remember so long, but it, it keeps getting like shorter and more condensed and more condensed and more condensed because I'm just going right to the point.
1: (laughs) Mm, Yeah. And, and I love that because you, it didn't stop you from starting. It didn't stop you from putting that out there.
2: No, it's always a mess. The first time you have to just start. It's always a
1: disaster. (laughs) (laughs) We learn from that disaster for sure. Well, I feel like you've given us so many tips, but I have to ask, do you have a couple of tips for folks that are listening, who are wanting to market themselves in an authentic way, What would you offer to those folks as they're just getting started or maybe they're pivoting in their business? (laughs) The basics, you know,
2: email, email, you know, get email addresses. That's like number one. Um, You know, social media is tough. I think, Um, you know, I lately I've been giving some advice to kind of solopreneurs, smaller businesses around social media because I'm sensing that they, They feel like they should do social media because that's like a free marketing platform. But then they don't see results. And so then they say it's a waste of my time. And so I I see there's like a there's there's either the people that go all in and just hope for the best uh, and don't grow followers because it takes forever and who knows what the magic formula is, you know. And then there's the people that are tired of it and just reject it completely. And so I've kind of then building this narrative for people that to treat it not like a the marketing tool that you think it might be because it's hard to get sales through social media, but think of it more as like a resume. Think of it as like a, a, a modern version of a website where you know if you're a yoga teacher and you you're not posting on social media to sell your class, you're posting on social media so that people who Come come across the studio website and see that you're a new teacher and they want to know a little bit about you, they go to your Instagram and they learn a little bit about you. So, like put things on there that, that share a little bit about who you are and what your teaching philosophy is. And think of it as like a, a repository of content that expresses to the world who you are, not I'm doing this to market this, because that's where I think the frustration comes in. Because it doesn't actually work very well for that, for most people, obviously if you've got massive followings, you know, it does work well, but, um, you know, for your average teacher that just wants to increase their class numbers, it's how unlikely is it that your post is going to actually target the people that within walking distance to that studio, you know, it just doesn't work that way. It's going to go to your friends and your family first, you know, and then so, but, but it is a nice place to show people who you are.
1: Yeah. I mean, those are amazing tips. Like I think, uh, you know, we, we hear all about, you know, email is king, grab the email list or queen, however you want to say it, grab the email, get them on your list. And then obviously you have to continue that relationship from there. But I think there's so much time and attention and just general conversation about social media being the place where it's at and you know spending time in the dms and putting your schedule out there every week in the store or whatever it is and you made such a really clear and direct point where it's like are those people that are seeing your posts the ones who are likely to walk down and into your studio class mm-hmm. probably, probably not. not
2: but that so, doesn't mean it's not useful you know yeah. like that's like it doesn't mean that it's not it doesn't have value. I have a friend in LA who teaches meditation. We've been friends since kindergarten. And she kind of got all the like, Instagram doesn't do anything for me. I'm done. And when I saw her recently, we had a little discussion about it and I gave her this little resume thing. And she was like, that's actually a really good point. You know? And so now she like, because if you're a teacher and you haven't posted in five years, I'm wondering, are you even teaching still? Like, So it doesn't, you don't need to post every day, you know, unless of course you're trying to build an Instagram business. If you're trying to be an Instagram influencer, that's, I'm not giving the right advice for that. I'm just talking about you running your normal little business and your community, you know, um, or, you know, with your small online corner of the world. Right. But, but then, then use it as a, as a, like, Hey, this is who I am. you know. Yeah.
1: I think there's a lot of value in that too. And and I like that you said that you don't need to be posting every single day to share a little bit about what it is that you do. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, five years in between posts, as you said, but it it definitely can be, you know, you don't have to be posting three times a day or once a day, or even I, I post when I have the time.
2: Yeah, honestly. And it's, it's like, it's urgent for me. So I, you know, I also have this whole thing, like you only do what's urgent. So if you don't make social media urgent, you'll never post. So it is urgent for me. Like it, it, it is a daily consideration. Honestly, some days I, I post in the morning with my coffee. And some days I post in the evening with a glass of wine. I rarely post mid business day. Cause I have stuff to do. And so it's like, so, but in a, sometimes I skip a day or two or three days or four days or whatever, and that's okay. It's because I was busy working or busy taking time off. Um, but I do make time for it. It is like, it, it is an urgent, um, part of my business. Like if, you know, it's on my to-do list.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, I like that you give yourself the space. It's like, it's urgent. Yeah. I'm going to get yep. to it. It might happen today. If it's yes. not tomorrow, just giving yourself the space to
2: do that. And it, the other thing I do is I, my phone is full of posts. So um some of them are like ready to post some of them need a little editing or a little tweaking but I you know if I open up my phone in my gallery I probably have 40 posts in there and that helps because if I had to just say okay I have an hour to I have an hour you know that I'm willing to give to this because let's be real reels take a long time um then if I have to actually come up with the idea and film it and edit it and do the captions and the, like, the, I don't have enough time. So I'll, I'll like, it's kind of like batching, but not as formal, but like I'll, if I get an idea to film something, I'll actually stay and film three or four things. And, you know, and then just, and then I'll just sometimes just, that's it. And I'll have, I'll have, you know, 15 videos. Cause I didn't do it all in the first take all on my phone. And then the next day when I'm drinking coffee, I'll go in and I'll delete the ones that aren't good or, I'll, you know, and so like I, there's, there's always, it's always part of a process. Uh, Cause if I had to be like camera ready every single time I wanted to post that wouldn't work either, you know? So
1: it's helpful, I think, to have ideas on your phone. Yeah, I so agree. And thanks for the little peek behind the curtain there. Cause you know, I think we all, we, we might think that that's how you know, folks like you who are you know, successful in the industry are getting things done is, you know, we see, you know, how you look perfectly camera ready and you have this amazing so, idea. And you're like, that was, you know, maybe last was three month. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Like I just took off my lashes. I had lashes. So, like, I just posted something yesterday, but I still had lashes. I was like, oh, look at that. That's so old. I didn't recognize myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's so true too. Okay. This is one of my favorite questions, so thank you for indulging me um, with this one. So if you could go back to any point in your career journey or even pre-yoga, if you wanted to, um, what is something that you could whisper in your ear and give yourself um, a little bit of information or something that would save you a headache or two um, as you have gained all of this knowledge throughout your your years in the industry? Hmm.
2: i think the first thing would be that um to appreciate from the very beginning how like iter- iterative an online business is i think a lot of people get stopped because they're like take doing a website is such an undertaking and it's like yeah it is but i'm in the back end of my website every day so uh getting a page up is not a big a big deal. Um, Writing your bio sucks. Yes, I get it. So write two sentences and put it up, and then you'll be like, once it's up, it starts falling under that urgent list, you know. And you start like changing things and tweaking things. Like my website needs so much work, but it doesn't because it's up and it's functional. And you know, but but I'll go in there. I'll be like, ah, oh, this I don't like this picture, or I don't like this sentence, and I don't, and, you know, and I'll. I'm constantly updating stuff. My my little sister in tech, she's um, she's hasn't had a website for herself yet, and she's like, you know, everyone has a website now, right? It's like part of your resume. And so she was just here last week, and we got the ball rolling for her. And of course, she like set it up. Doesn't like the way it looks. Since then, she's done research for on her colleagues' websites. She, I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's up because now you can change it. It's always easier to edit something than it is, you know. So, I think I think that's what stops people in the beginning. It's like like I don't want to set up an email list. I don't have anyone to put on it. Well, you know what? My first email list had my two best friends, my sister, you know, and like that's how it starts. And then you get But if you don't set it up and you don't have to know tags right away and because you you don't even know your business is going to look like maybe so how do you even know if you have the right tags just do something and figure it out and then you know you'll inevitably migrate tools and so i think that's like when you understand that that as your business changes and grows and you get more clear on what you're doing that you will need to migrate to a new tool that's your time to clean up things that's your time to clean up your list and your tags and all that and i think uh, I didn't really fall into it because I've just been in business so long that all of these like software as, as service tools weren't really available. Like it wasn't the way it is now, you know? Um, so I didn't fall into it too much, but I advise a lot of new teachers, you know, they want to like start out of the gates with the most expensive, complete all-in-one tool. And I'm like, you're, you're not going to get your money's worth, like use the free product for a while and it's going to be messy. And you're right. It's not going to be um, you know, perfectly organized on the back end, but it can't be. Uh, it's just part of the process. So I think that would be the the biggest advice is just do it. Like you can clean it up later.
1: Mm, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's so impactful too. It, I think we kind of think that these you know the sales and service products that you were talking about our websites are you know kind of one and done, mm-hmm. and no. they're li- living organisms. Yes. Yes. forever.
2: Like in my very early days, like you have to make it work for you. And that's where it's like hard for me to say what I wish I would have done. Cause I actually like intuitively feel like I, I did an okay job, you know? So I'm just, I'm just sharing more what I wish other people would do what I can, where I can help them. Like in the beginning, when I first had online courses, cause I was always, you know, I had webinars, but I also had like, um, pre-recorded online courses. I was building those. And in the beginning, I just let you download them because I was traveling all the time. I was on the road teaching. I couldn't handle customer service emails. I couldn't handle you lost your login. You know, like, I like I really couldn't. I'd be on a plane for 36 hours to Dubai. Like, how am I going to answer emails? Uh, you know, even, even if the Wi-Fi works, it's not good enough to do that kind of work and log into, you know, these kinds of tools. And so I just had it be where they could, it was an automated download, you know, and that, you know, People were like, well, why would you do that? Now they have your own, your, I was like, it's what works for me in my business. Now you don't download anything. Now everything's streaming and whatever, because my, my business changed. I'm on, I'm on the computer way more now. So I like, don't feel pressured into the like newest, coolest technology. And that usually means the most expensive technology, you know, like pick what works for your life and your business model and, you know, roll with it. And then I changed. Like I had one download company, and I switched to another. And you know, because I migrated. That's what happened as my needs
1: changed. Um, I migrated. Yeah. Oh, that's such good advice. Such good advice. Okay, so tell us what kind of cool things do you have coming up that we can check out?
2: Um, online or in person. Tell us both. <laughs> um, I, one of the things that happened this year is that. After years and years and years of uh, studying anatomy in a a human dissection lab, um, I was finally offered the opportunity to run my own. So I'm now doing twice a year um, cadaver labs in Colorado, which is like the biggest privilege and really one of the highlights of my career. And that's obviously in person. Um yes, I market it online, you know, but but it's in person. So I think that's really exciting if that's something that you want to add to your education. Um, check that out for sure. there I, I've kind of organized the content in a way, so it matters for yoga teachers, so it's a little shorter, a uh, little bit more doable than some of the longer courses. Um, and then just you know my normal on in- person courses, and then I've got all those same courses online. So, um you know, I've got my science of stretching webinar that I talked about. That's every January and July consistently. So, you know, there's, there's always the next two available for sale. So you can always just go look and see when they are and, you know, save the date. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of rolling out online courses, my yoga biomechanics courses once a year, and I just fit in what I can when I can. So, yeah.
1: Wonderful. Well, we'll be sure to Put all your links here in the show notes so people can check those out. And that dissection lab is incredible. Congratulations. I know you're going to serve so many teachers
2: yeah, with this.
1: It's really it's, great. Yeah, it really is super
2: cool. And I and then, obviously yeah. should have mentioned the mentoring program, you know, that's yes. like, you know that, but that's like, that's a like really small niche. Like if you want, like if you want to like get in there with me, then that's what that's for. It's open enrollment. So, um, you have to kind of reach out and be like, this is what I want.
1: (laughs) Cool. 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 That, that ensures it's very custom and bespoke in that, in that way. That's awesome that you're doing that too. Well, thank you so much. So how can we find you? How can we follow you? On my website, which is julesmitchell.com. Super easy.
2: Um, and my Instagram is julesyoga. Super easy. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, this was super fun and we're so grateful again for all of your time and your expertise and I'm just so glad that we're connected and I can't wait for folks to hear this episode.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yeah, of course. That was a really good chat. I'm so glad I got to spend some time with Jules and I hope that you enjoyed sitting along with us as we were talking about the pitfalls of marketing our businesses online. So if you want to learn out a little bit more about Jules, you can check her out at julesmitchell.com. And also she's at Jules Yoga on Instagram. Definitely go visit her website to see all the incredible things that she has coming up from her 300-hour teacher training to her mentorship program and her incredible dissection lab that is in Colorado coming up in the next few months. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, so let me know, what did you think? What did you think of this episode? I'd love to hear more. So send me a DM on Instagram. It's at jessicacross.co. I would love to know what you thought. And if there's something that you would like to see or hear in future episodes, tell me a little bit more about that. Sending you so much love. Keep showing up.
0: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Off The Mat podcast and give yourself some gratitude for taking action in your wellness business journey. Please share this episode with someone you know who could use a fresh dose of inspiration. And we'd be thrilled if you would rate, review, and subscribe to Marketing Off the Mat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to share an idea with Jessica? DM her at jessicacross.co on Instagram to continue the conversation or find out how she can help you take the next right step in your business. Until next time, stay inspired and keep showing up.